0: Hi, everyone. I'm Marquita Harris, the work and money editor for Essence and the host of Unbossed, a podcast for self-starters and women who are about their business. Now, before you get into this Yes Girl episode, here's a sneak peek of our latest Unbossed episode, which drops today. And it's available on iTunes, Spotify and wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: And I remember my father showed me um, his retirement plan, his pension at Xerox. And was thinking about, you know, I'm in good shape. And I was like, dad, this and is not kinda, enough. Wow.
0: And how old do you remember? He about was in his late
1: forties. Wow. Um, and I was like, dad, this is not enough. Yeah. And at that moment I was upset because he had access to a 401k. You have him
0: or with the with his company. The company. Okay. He just didn't
1: have information. He yeah. didn't know that was for him. Got it. And so all these years, for you to look at your father and say, this is not going to be enough. Yeah. And then he and my mom had to make a huge sacrifice to try to catch up okay. so that they could retire. That was when I understood that the relationship with money is at the intersection of knowledge mm-hmm. and action. Oof. Yeah. And when I understood that, I was able to have my father take action okay. and get to a place that he could retire years later. That's a, and that is a moment
0: for me. This is such a it's a conversation that's so important. Yes, and especially for that generation and for the generation of you know those kids that are growing up with those you know with those college degrees and who are able to be in um, these positions of power and, right. and making a certain kind of money. You know, we're in a lot of ways we're living you know the dreams that our parents had for us, but so many of them are in these positions where. They are struggling, and where they weren't given that That's knowledge, right. um, can I ask what what kind of sacrifices did your parents have to make in order to kind of rectify that situation? Man,
1: I <laughs> wow. <laughs> I I mean, it, it gets me a little emotional because honestly, I don't know how they did it. Yeah, because the cash flow was the same, but the sacrifice. Was in silence. They didn't tell me like what I'm not going to be able to do now. Yeah. He just said, if my daughter tells me that I have to do something, he trusted that. Yeah. And so, what I think it really meant, he probably was back to eating red beans and rice like when we were growing up.
0: Special thanks to Tashonda and to learn more about Chase Currency Conversations and to take the pledge, please visit CurrencyConversations.com slash sign up.
2: Corey Murray. Charlie Penn. How are you doing today, boo? I'm doing a little bit better. A little bit, be- a little bit better? Were you going through something? I was going through a little
3: something. So we're gonna talk about that. We're after we talk about the guests because yes, you yes. know we care about our sisters. Yes, yes. I need a care bear. We do. Oh, you know I got you. I <laughs> care bear. Uh, I feel like when you throw the care bear bat signal out, I like <laughs> slide
2: down. Put <laughs> the love in the hug. That should be an emoji, like a care bear emoji.
3: Because <laughs> the hug is not an- the hug emoji is not enough for it's me. Not, it's I not. I overuse it too. Yeah. People be like Charlie again with yes. the hug. <laughs> I need it to look like a real hug. It just looks like two happy hands next to a face to me. <laughs> but anyway, we have a double header show. And the
2: guests are pretty iconic. Super dope. Super dope.
3: Who was on the show this week, Courtney Marie?
2: We have two very, very special guests. Who? Very different. And they're both blessing us with, well, one's a blessing and one's a read. Oh, and a blessing and a blessing no I mean not in a negative I love negative, it no, no I know a exactly what way, you but mean. just like a reminder of like bossing up yes Corey I love what you do there how about there? that one's a boss yeah one's a blessing B-A-W-S-E boss. so the boss is Tanya Lewis Lee mm-hmm. who is a producer she's a, a vegan she's wife of Spike Lee entrepreneur entrepreneur and philanthropist. Uh, she and her daughter Satchel really killed it In our May issue with that mother-daughter fashion. The neon. neon. They made me want to go buy some neon.
3: And I have no neon in my closet.
2: And, you know, I love what she said. I think she even says this in the piece. uh, Shout out to Julie Wilson, who wrote it, that they live in black. So the fact that we asked them to, like, be in neons, they were like, no. This is an experience. But they loved it. They
3: made me love it. Yeah. Yeah. And I never feel like neon. I don't have neon gym shoes. I don't have a neon gym
2: bag. I don't have neon. Do you have neon, Corey? I do have some neon. And ne- and I have a very vivid memory of neon because <laughs> when I was in junior high, neon was really popular. These little rubber, plastic bands. I think they came back a couple of years ago. But really? Yeah, yeah I love it. You neon. remember that? So I, that was like your association. That was my moment. thing. So when I see neon, I do have a fond memory associated with it. Now, who's our blessing this week, Charlie Pan? Bishop T.D. Jakes. Bishop T.D. Jakes. And
3: he was manifesting, blessing, I mean, reading us. Like, it was just... I don't. If you have if you guys have ever heard, I mean, you have. When Bishop T D Jakes talks with this, the authority and the love and the experience that he's bringing to the wisdom and the advice he's giving, and he's promoting his new book, Crushing,
4: mm-hmm.
3: and he just, we weren't ready. We weren't ready. We. <laughs> I think you teared up. I teared up. Yeah, he oh, spoke yeah. to our hearts. Mm-hmm. Like we were going through some things we didn't know it, and just listening to him talk about it. Y'all just have to hear it. Y'all know what happens when Corey and I get to emo in an interview. You know, it's going to be epic. Please, you know, get cozy with it. But Bishop Jakes? What? That was amazing. And he was just, I mean, I didn't want it to end. So many jokes.
2: I didn't. I kind of wanted to, and no offense to you, Charlie, because you know I love you. Mm-hmm. I kind
3: of wanted to go over in a corner just let him. And get a private And get a session. private session, yeah. So, like, really yeah. get individual blessings. Yes. Yeah. I, I wanted you to leave, too. Okay. so okay. All right. I, mean, we're, 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 I think we, I we was know like, wait, we can it. we talk about more of my problems and unpack them? But he's great about that. Yeah, unpacking really relatable issues in your life and make helping you understand how you can walk in faith. Mm-hmm. And but wait, wait, I know y'all going to hear it. But Corey, remember the part where he said, "You don't want to be a road stop, on mm-hmm. uh, a rest stop on someone else's road to success." What did mm-hmm. he say? He was like, "You want to, you want to be the, you want to be at your own destination, not." I don't remember verbatim what he said, but it was something like that. It still sits with me. Yeah. Like, because I was talking about being overwhelmed mm-hmm. and overcommitted to other people that I love, mm-hmm. which we are all guilty of. Yeah. Right. Do you ever connect, Corey? I overcommit All the time. See? Like, I'm always like, I got you. I got you. But then I don't have me. Right? And I think we were talking to him about that. And he was like, okay, well, then you are a part of their road. You're their des- you're their gas station.
2: I remember a therapist once telling me because I was frustrated about something. And she's like, okay, won't you write down all the obligations you have to people? And I did that once. Oh and she God. was like, you have too many obligations to people. <laughs> That must have stressed you out. It did because, I mean, honestly, it was I was caring for my great aunt. Mm-hmm. I had a, a needy boyfriend, you know, at the time. It was all these different things. And then when I really looked at it on paper, I was like, oh, this is why I'm stressed. And what, right? Okay. And what if you took that list and I asked you to highlight everybody who
3: poured back into you? See? See? See. Because I know I, I don't want to do that exercise, right? Yeah. Because it's scary. Mm-hmm. And especially when you know people mean well. And you know that they love you. Mm-hmm. But the question is, do they pour back into you? And speaking of pour back in, I feel like when we left our second chat with Tanya Lewis Lee, girl, I, she made me want to go start a business, produce a show. Uh, Everything. All the things. She's just every woman. Yeah. She's, she came in here fabulous. And she is On a rainy so, day
2: looking like. What? Like coming well, off an italian runway or something designer rain boots so, oh they were you uh, see my snap no um well it wasn't a snap actually it was ig um they were louis vuitton
3: of course they were louis fabulous louis vuitton. but meanwhile she's like okay i'm out here saving lives inspiring people and making great television with my husband hello okay yeah so get into these interviews but first we have to talk about all the amazing things that happened this week
2: yes well rihanna is rich as hell rihanna is rich as hell <laughs>
3: Was that not? Was that not smooth enough, guys? Sometimes you just got to say what it is. Rihanna is worth. what is it now? Six hundred. Six hundred million?
2: million. And if you're British, hello, British people. Um, it's four hundred and seventy-two million pounds. Okay, conversion. And we found out. I mean, it's right here in the article. <laughs> to see. i'm like i'm okay, running it Corey, right here you, you thought i had conversions i mean uh, that was
3: cute uh, though conversion app. No, no no we do have an audience in the uk
4: <laughs> shout out to them
2: <laughs> they appreciate that Actually, you know real time i forgot to tell you guys that when i was in jamaica for that press junket for bond the lady who was hosting it her name was clara amfo and she's a huge yes girl fan she is? and she told me she said i recognized your voice and i was like <laughs> That's, oh my god. That happens to us. Yes, now. yes. It's amazing. But she's like huge in the UK. I've started following her immediately. Her birthday was recently, so shout out Clara. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, boo. She looks amazing over there, strutting around. Um, so you I know gotta that's tell not us, how you say it, but that's how I say it. She has to tell
3: us where she spends. So next time we go out there, we can Oh no, come we our, gotta do that. It's yeah. happening. Yes, yes,
2: yes, yes. But
3: since we're talking about our international audience, I'm sorry, because you know i I'm being the numbers. Mm-hmm. I like to get into the stats. Hello, South Africa. Not what? just the UK. What's up, Canada, Australia, and the Netherlands? That's who they listening. We're global, global,
2: global. So shout out to our
3: international divas and gentlemen. We see y'all, brothers. We see you in the comments. I'm not a lady, but I love yes, girl. Yes, sir. <laughs> Can we do a segment called Yes, Sir? we should (laughs) but we see all of you and we appreciate you we won't I mean and Corey do you you have any comment love you want to read or should we just I am
2: actually as you are talking I am over here typing with my little finger well Uh, while you're doing that mm -hmm. I have to say that watching
3: people like drool over Blair last week oh my god hilarity Hilarity. and someone said that we've raised the bar for boomerang game Corey so we gotta <laughs> we gotta keep our
2: boomerang gang yeah we, we have a good one coming up y'all So we have a little Twitter love, Corey. Yes, we do. From DC Therapist at Acomo Counseling. I finally got the courage to listen to the Yes Girl podcast. Hashtag for Diddy episode. At Diddy, it was my first Mother's Day without my mom, too. And you're absolutely right. Black mothers are the strongest women I know. The tears I cried listening to your relatable pain. Thank you. Oh, thank you. That
3: was so beautiful. Oh, my gosh. I'm glad you got a chance to listen to it, sis.
2: And can we give a special shout out to Blair Underwood for posting our boomerang? Because like Charlie said, our boomerang game. It was epic. And he says, these sisters don't play. Well, maybe a little bit. Much respect to you both. Thanks for the time. The Exonerated Five, Netflix. Okay. Oh, my God. You're Charlie right now, Penn. So we can talk about it. Yes. Corey. When they see it. Y'all, listen. Sorry. We got to do this, guys. Corey wasn't here last week. Listen. Was if y'all week? haven't. Oh, I wasn't here. Yeah, that's so right. That's yeah. We can not talk about it. Um, when they see us. When they see us was fucking I'm, awesome.
3: I have not been that physically aggravated and ill from watching a movie, and I can't even remember since since Twelve Years a Slave.
2: Did you see what Levar Burton said and then Ava retweeted it? He said it's required, like it should be required, like, like roots. roots. Yeah, and I really to- like wholeheartedly roots, agree with that. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Did I had like a like? To, to your point, I had a physical reaction. I felt panic.
3: And heaviness in my chest, and I was like, I was literally told myself, I was like, I'm having a panic attack. Yeah. He was like, You yeah. probably are. Yeah, this is horrible.
2: I had to, um, and not even saying this to show out. So I went to the premiere at the Apollo, cried there, full on tear, like oh full on tear. But then because we were interviewing Blair the next day, and I wanted to finish watching it, so I came home and watched the rest, Corey. full on tears again. I
3: cried so much. It was just like I stopped wiping them. I was like, I'm going to feel all of this.
2: They took their childhood. In one instance, they took their childhood. Oh, my God. And you know what it makes me think about when – as a kid or you know a teen you do that one thing like you just you just kind of want want to go out and have fun for that yeah. one second and the consequences that could change your life just or like just that. follow the crowd
3: right just yes. be out and yeah. about these boys didn't even what blew my mind is really understanding how they didn't know each other oh it's two God. of them did but this idea that they could actually say that all these guys were a gang of, mm-hmm. um, of what they call them monsters and animals mm-hmm. who didn't even know each other you know what I'm saying? And then the fact that they
2: were able to coerce their family members into going along with it, I didn't know that either. I didn't know. And um, that was interesting when Blair was talking about it in our podcast, like the rules that, not the rules, but how you need to educate yourself if you do get arrested, what are your real rights? Absolutely. Because I love Anjanu Ellis, especially like when Yousef's mom came in. Shout out to Anjanu Ellis, who did the goddamn thing in that role. She was incredible. When she Easy was too. like... How dare you have him? He's a youth. Don't make him sign anything. She knew her rights. And the lie. But then, okay. The lie. The part
3: that really stuck with me, and I I, I know that this is all factual, but if this happened exactly the way it was dramatized, I'm sick. The fact that Corey was waiting for his friend was not a suspect. Nope. Was never even in the park. Didn't go. Remember? Mm -hmm. He never even went to the park. No, he was at the park. No, he wasn't. He stayed with the girl, didn't he? No, he left. So he was, fan, remember, oh, yeah, wishing that he he was, yeah, he had he was stayed, in jail. He was fantasizing that, that, he he had, that he had stayed. Okay, he did go, but yeah. he wasn't on the name of suspect. No. And then he went with his friend to the jail. And he said, I'll he just come because I don't want you to get in trouble with your mama. Yeah. Fell asleep in the waiting room. Mm-hmm. The mother came and got Yusef and said, we're leaving. They didn't realize he was still sleeping there. Yep. And they figured we lost one. So let's just grab this kid who's not even a suspect and ended up talking him into doing the video confession that really brought them all in. Cause he, they kind of had all the pieces, and they needed someone to pull it together. You know what, y'all? Sorry, we didn't say no spoiler alerts, but we know you've all seen this.
2: And if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Go watch every moment of it. And yes, it's going to be hard. Yes, you're going to feel sad. But and it's need to spoiler, watch because it. it's really happened. It already happened. It's and part it, of our history. And it happened with Emmett Till. It happened with the Scottsboro boys. It could happen again. I watch have to it.
3: admit, I'm really enjoying watching what's her name fair whoever i'm not ever going to give her any legal glory of giving her full name but you know who we're talking about fair scene i'm oh, loving whatever. watching her get dragged yeah and lose everything i love it it is long overdue and the fact that she's still to this day to this day that we're recording this podcast defending what her action her lies and saying that she thinks these men are guilty and i
2: find the audacity of her to go to ava duvernay and be like i need i need script approval and i want to negotiate this woman is clearly a psychopath no
3: Mm-mm. And then you say you did all this in the name of protecting sex offi- if, um, victims of sex abuse and sex crimes. Really, like that's who was in charge of sex crimes? Corey. <sighs> but also, I heard that the woman who was raped still tries to say that that um, she's oh, I she's. Didn't know that. I read, and I don't now that so much information is coming out. You don't know what's actually true or not. Yeah. But I heard that Trisha said she's still convinced it was more than one person. But I could understand why you may think that if you were beaten like that way. But we'll never know who else was involved. But we know it wasn't them. No. You know what I'm saying? And I don't Mm. know if I could ever watch it again, though. I'm going to be honest with you. And I was talking to um, a friend and she was saying she's not ready to watch it, but she just let it run. Because oh, she yeah. wanted to support. I saw Ava. Crystal
2: West. Um, she she tweeted that too. Yeah. That she's like, I'm helping Ava get these streams because I can't watch it anymore. Yeah. yeah. And that's um, and you know what, y'all do that too. Mm-hmm. If you're not ready, that's
3: fine. Just turn it on, mute it, and mm-hmm. let Ava mm-hmm. support Ava because this is a masterpiece. It is her best work. Can we work. give her all the awards? Best,
2: best work. It was, it was so brilliant. good. Every it was every part of it, every part of it.
3: Oh my God. <sighs> I'm glad you were back so we could talk about it. Yeah because I was like, Corey, oh my and you warned me. You and Blair, you guys were like, hold on. My husband was deeply affected by it.
2: Oh, I'm sure as a man. Oh, God. Oh, my God. And
3: now he's like, oh, my God, we have to have a girl. I'm like, don't say that. (laughs) You know, but like, and it's rough for them in different ways. But, you know, I know any mother of a son in that age group, this may be the hardest thing you've ever watched. Mm -hmm. And those young boys who played these five characters, they are phenomenal. Phenomenal. This might be, I don't know what, I mean, Ava...
2: Is, the Emmy nominations will be revealed in July. Can she I get an Oscar, too, for, like, a short? She might be because the way Netflix is set up right now. Right? Has anything from Netflix, like, you know, a short,
3: like a documentary? Well, based on no
2: donations, they were nominated.
3: Okay. Yeah, for an Oscar. All right, there you go. Yeah, I think they can make a wor- I think we got to rally around that, guys. Yeah. Let's throw all the awards at Ava. So, Corey, you know, but seriously, speaking of streams and Netflix and our, our undying love for Netflix, Netflix is taking all our time because the reason Tanya Lewis is on the show is because she's got to have it. It's back. Nola is back. And that's a whole other thing that everybody's been mentioning.
2: Can we just shout out to Jasmine B. Knowing because Jasmine really is fantastic in helping elevate their platform strong back leads and this is not an ad for netflix but right now this is they that. are doing the critical work the critical work from when they see us to the joy that they brought me and always be my baby because yeah. i am now fully in love with randall park yep okay i, I found out yesterday he's married so i'm to be in my fantasy list but that was super <laughs> cute i love someone great
3: someone great was excellent
2: uh, I love that I've been snout. even though people
3: don't always love Gina Rodriguez it was excellent it was excellent no it mm-hmm. was fucking funny was and, de- and going excellent. back to She's
2: Gotta Have It DeWanda Wise was hilarious she's amazing she in is everything.
3: amazing the, she's DeWanda amazing. girl mm. you better give us more roles and
2: I know I mean, we didn't talk on it but I know not a lot of y'all like Turn Up Charlie with Idris Elba but I found it a, I found it funny <laughs> I didn't watch it you know but what but it was perf- you know what I mean after our hard day of work and you know, I'm still binging uh, Game of Thrones, so I need something to watch to kind of get me into sleep. And Turn Up Charlie was it? I
3: just I realized I forgot because Netflix is almost giving us too much. It's so great because I, I put things in my queue, and you until you just said that, I really was like, oh my god, I need to watch that. So yeah. that's what I'll be doing this weekend. But speaking of Idris, and we'll wrap. He got he got married. We know, but they released the wedding photos, the official on wedding Rogue. photos, British photos. Idris, you and Sabrina better do it, okay? Come through love. That just looks like I just want to run in the meadow with them. They look beautiful. <laughs> Everybody was like, Wait, we were waiting on your bed. Those photos? Come on, you did it, girl. The comment Mrs. Elba. Congratulations. Go love. Congratulations. And they look so happy. So just once again. And I'm sorry. I know a lot of y'all are still salty, but we've all moved on. I'm happy yeah, for them. Yeah, we moved on.
2: It's love. Love is love.
3: And speaking of love, I love this conversation we have coming up next. Tell us what you loved about the last few episodes of Yes Girl Podcast using hashtag Yes Girl Podcast. Show us some love. We're back to reading comments. We want to see yours. Right, Corey? You love the Twitter feed? I love the Twitter feed. All right. Hashtag
2: Yes Girl Podcast. So let's get into this interview with Bishop T.D. Jakes. And after Bishop Jakes, we're going to hear from Tanya Lewis-Lee. Charlotte Pan. Corey Murray. You know, when this interview request came through, um, I was like, this is a message from God. Oh, yes. I was like, oh, I need this.
3: We were overdue for this. Blessing. We were overdue.
2: Now, I know this person has a new book Mm -hmm. they have uh we're gonna go through the receipts a little later but um I was like no this is for me I know it was a gift it was a gift who's here Corey
3: (sighs) Bishop T.D. Jakes Good morning, Bishop. That Jakes. would be me. That would be you. Yes. We're so excited to have you back.
5: Oh, it's wonderful to be back. See you doing well, going good. That's a, that's a blessing. It's good that we got together again.
3: Yes, Bishop Jakes is a friend to Essence. Everyone, you have to know we have been working with you for years. Yeah, oh, way
5: back. You yeah. are family. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Can you
3: tell that story again about the
4: who got oh, surprised? How I, yes. 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 Okay.
3: So just to show you how big his heart is, in case you didn't already know, but mm-hmm. we know that you do. Um, um, a few years ago, Essence was teaming up with Bishop Jakes and promoting one of your projects, and we thought about how amazing it would be to surprise one of your superfans. Yes. Because, you know, you have a loyal, huge group of supporters. <laughs> and one of them happens to be my second mama, Lucille <laughs> okay. Schoon. And so we tricked her, and she thought she was just coming to the Essence offices to give a testimonial about how he's changed her life. And he walked through the door, y'all. I can't believe she stayed on two feet. <laughs> she couldn't believe it. And she's a classy, classy woman, but she is still talking about it at the. Oh,
5: today. it was wonderful. I remember her too. She was such a classy lady and so gracious and uh, so kind and and so finessed, And yet she was thrown off center, but she was quickly trying to rebound. You yes. know. <laughs> What to do? Yeah,
3: yeah. Oh, even she's like, Charlie, Charlie, oh my God, what'd you do? But she kept it together. But that's really you connect with people. That's why we love you. You have a way of talking to our hearts yeah. and you know making us be real with ourselves, right? And pushing us yeah. in our faith, in our endeavors. I mean,
2: your receipts alone, Corey, are You do you like to break them down? I'm gonna, do you, uh, Bishop. Dave, do you know what receipts are? No. So okay. receipts are the facts of why someone is so great. Your receipt. Oh, okay. Your receipts. So mm-hmm. I, have a right. few. I just have a few. I thought it
5: was something you got at the grocery
2: store. No, no. Well, you <laughs> have a very long <laughs> list you like have a the grocery tip. store. But we're going to do the short one. We're going <laughs> to the express line. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the Potter House alone, you have 30,000 parishioners. Yes. Okay. Shout out to Dallas, Texas. My family's from Fort Worth. Yes. All right, all right now. You have 20 books. hmm 20. Okay. New book, Crushing, that we'll get to.
5: Actually, 40.
2: 40 books. I was oh, going to say double bad. bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Actually, 40. 40. Books. My bad. This is okay. 41. This is 41? Yeah. Oh Wait. Let me... <laughs> Got corrected. <laughs>
2: All right. Two films from your books?
5: Two films from my books.
2: Not Easily Broken mm. and Woman, Thou Art Loose. That yes. gave us The Incomparable, Kimberly Elise. Mm-hmm. Let's think about mm-hmm. that. But you also produce Sparkle, Mm -hmm. Jump in the Broom, Black Nativity.
5: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
2: Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Man of faith. Husband, father. Husband,
3: father. Should we go on? (laughs) (laughs) What haven't you done, Bishop J?
5: Oh, (laughs) everything. everything that that was in me was what I wanted to do and I think that's what everybody should do everything that's in you that's authentically you Mm -hmm. I'm a storyteller Mm -hmm. so whether I'm on the stage or writing a book or in a movie I'm still a storyteller and to produce your gift in its many different uh, iterations of itself as you can it's very very important to do
3: do you feel As accomplished as you are? And I know that sounds like a strange question, but a lot of people who have done as much as you have are as humble as you are. And I wonder, do you ever just stop to take it all in because you've accomplished so much and changed so many lives?
5: This is gonna, my answer is gonna sound really strange. I didn't really think about it until I turned 60.
3: Really? Mm. Why is that?
5: When I turned 60, I looked back at it and I thought, wow, you have been moving. But when you're doing it, Success doesn't feel successful Mm. because success comes with stress and success comes with responsibility and problems that people don't see and management issues and sometimes you made it but you barely made it (laughs) and you were under budget and it took you a year to recover. And so it's only in retrospect Mm -hmm. that you look back over your life. And I think 60 did it because I knew I wouldn't have another 60 years. I wanted to be sure that I didn't waste the first 60. Mm. You see, you don't you don't get to do it over. Right. So yeah. time is important, and the most gratifying thing about my life I have regrets. I have things I wish I would have done differently. But for the most part, for what God gave me to work with, I played it to the fullest. I live life to the fullest, and I'm grateful for that. And that's why I'm not miserable as I get older. A lot of misery comes from uh, wasted opportunities and wasted life. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, I'm just taking Can we all take that in. That in for yeah, a yeah.
5: Let me take.
3: Oh my God! Misery comes from waste of opportunity, and that's why. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. That's why you brought us crushing, right? Your right. latest book, because you're teaching us or talking to us rather about pushing through the pain yes. and the suffering.
5: Yes, and 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 the funny thing. There are different iterations of pain because there's the obvious pain. Some of them I talk about in the book. My daughter got pregnant at a very early age. And mm-hmm. as a parent, you know, you blame yourself. And it was traumatic at the moment. My mother had Alzheimer's, died in my arms. That mm-hmm. was obvious pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother-in-law died when it went into the hospital with Gileas Beret, and two weeks later she was dead. That was obvious pain. But there's also secret pain, broken heart. Mm-hmm. Emptiness, loneliness alienation, mm-hmm. disappointment, those kinds of things come into your life and nobody comes to comfort you. No mm-hmm. flowers come, no no ambulance comes. Mm-hmm. These are the things you bear up under your breath and, and go to work and say, good morning, welcome to JCPenney's and keep on smiling. Mm-hmm. But beneath it all, you are really crushed by an, an invisible pressure. So I deal with both of them in the book. You know, the crushing of raising a child that doesn't like you. Mm. You see yeah. that as a mother that, that that is a terrible thing as a father that's a terrible thing mm-hmm. and you you feel like you know how come my family at Thanksgiving doesn't act like the family's on TV Why did we end up breaking the turkey and okay. mm-hmm. dropping throwing the cake at <laughs> each lot other of us you have know been mad. you know drama <laughs> drama yeah. uh, time life hands you something that's unexpected, it creates pressure and stress and pain and sometimes, the, the way we process it. I found out when I was doing this book, I was doing this research on the book and I didn't know this, that the same neurological system that transmits signals to your brain when you are physically injured, like if I stab your leg, mm-hmm. it's the same neurological system that processes if I break your heart.
4: Oh. Hmm.
5: So your brain can't tell whether you're bleeding or hurting, it's just pain. It locks up the same way. Your blood pressure goes up the same way. It responds with tension. It's trauma the same way. And so we as a people, as a people Mm -hmm. in general have been traumatized and then specifically and individually have been even more traumatized. And when you have that kind of trauma in your life, you are crushed. But I wrote the book to say crushing is not the end, that you can come out of crushing like a grape turns into wine. It's a process. Yeah, it's a process. And crushing is a process. Don't get stuck in the process.
2: But that can be, you know, you know, we've constantly heard that, you know, coming through life, like, oh you'll get through it. Like you get through it. But you talk specifically about going through the transformation. Can you mm-hmm. talk to us a little bit about that and keeping your faith through that? I mean, and I'm talking like real faith.
5: You know, first of all, you have to have faith to survive it. When, you, when you're hit by something, whether it's somebody who broke your heart or broke your leg, you have to survive it. You know, recovery hurts. You know, you can be getting better and still be in pain. Mm-hmm. So you have to survive all of that with tenacity. But then the other thing that becomes important, you have to let it go. When it's over, let it be over. Mm -hmm. Don't keep reliving it, rehearsing it. The stories we tell ourselves do more damage to us than any lie anybody ever told on us. Mm -hmm. The things we say to ourselves, the self-destructive things that, self-deprecating things that we say to ourselves does more damage to us than anything else. You're never gonna have anybody. Nobody loves you, nobody cares about Mm -hmm. you. You got what you deserve, you had it coming. we're mean to ourselves. Yeah, we are. Really, really mean our to own ourselves. Our worst enemy. Yes. And so when you start talking about pressure, all of that is coming from the inside. And it is because, and check this out, this is really gonna, I think it's powerful. The pressure and the crushing has become your permanent address. It was not supposed to be your destination. Mm -hmm. It was supposed to be your transportation, Mm -hmm. but you have moved into it and it has become your normal. And anything that comes that brings you happiness and joy, you're an immigrant you feel like you're in a strange place i don't deserve this you will self-sabotage it to get back to regret because you are familiar with that that's what i want to break up in this book
2: oh my god in mm-hmm. the book sorry i literally wrote down when you, you i mean it's a subhead mm-hmm. and it says displace for a dis- v- divine destination Hmm. Mm.
5: place for a divine destination means that When you get into a divine destination, you have to be willing to give up where you were. Mm -hmm. Most people are not willing to give up where they were. It's not where you're trying to go that is the problem. It's what are you willing to leave behind to get there? If you're willing to be displaced, if you're willing to be uncomfortable, if you're willing to be nervous and scared and let it become a new normal over a period of time, you can break through from anything. You can recreate yourself over and over again. It is pressure that turns into power. Yeah. So the most powerful people I have ever met in my life are also the people who have been the most pressured who have been the most abused, who have been assaulted, who have been raped, who have been violated, who have gone through depression, who have lost their job and lost their house. You know why? You come back with a vengeance. You come back with an attack mode on because you don't want that to ever happen to you again. So what was meant for evil turns out for your good becomes a, because it becomes the catalyst through which you propel yourself into the next dimension.
3: See, I knew we were gonna go to church today, but I didn't know I was gonna be on my knees. <laughs> 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 Look, Bishop Jakes, you, my heart is just, you're speaking to it, but what I've, when you just said, it's supposed to be the transportation, not mm-hmm. the destination. So I, this is a very personal question for me, but I think it's something that a lot of black women can relate to. I so often, I'm very kind, very mm-hmm. generous. It's in my nature. I am your... That's in
2: a testament. I'm, you know, yes, I, I,
3: I really, yes. I will listen to you for hours. I will wake up in the middle of the night and be there for my girlfriends. Mm-hmm. I will show up for you when no one else will. Charlie's good for, um, I'm checking on you, boo. Yeah, just checking on your strong friends. Just giving you love. It, yeah. And I'm always helping somebody through something. And I was telling my husband the other day, I feel depleted yeah no one I haven't no one's poured back into me yeah and so I've been everybody else's transportation
5: yeah yeah so yeah. I don't
3: even know my destination yeah yeah you know I really I was telling Corey I'm struggling because I feel like I've moved into this painful neighborhood we call it Pettyville Pettyville is what we,
4: call. <laughs> we call it Pettyville okay and
3: we I'm in Pettyville and I've already started putting up furniture and curtains and I don't want got live a house here. I Corey a house. has a house I'm still renting I want
5: to I want to <laughs> no. give you a subscription uh, uh, that that will change your life. I want you to write down in your life everybody who needs you. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: No matter how long that list is, everybody who needs you. Okay. And then I want you to write down on another piece of paper everyone who feeds you.
3: Mm.
5: And I want you to see how short one list is to the other. Too short. And I want you to make it a goal in your life to increase that list of people who feed you. It's not necessarily that you have to decrease the people who need you, but you can't run off of films. So uh, how do I increase the people who feed me? You have to be intentional about it. You have to go where the food is. Mm. You have to get around people who are wise, who inspire you, who motivate you. Sometimes who even intimidate you because they're, you're outgunned, you're outclassed, they're smarter than you, and you don't know what to say, and you feel kind of stupid. Uh-huh. Go in the room anyway because they're. Feeding you and when you get as many people who feed you as you have that need you you get better. the other thing that I don't want you to get trapped in is serving everybody can sometimes be a form of low self-esteem mm. it can I so. let me show I'm going to dig into it. Okay. Okay. It, it it can be that everybody's more important than you to mm. you. And so it is a way of saying, I don't matter. It doesn't matter that you woke me up at 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm not important, you're important. And and the importance that you give away is saying that I'm not important. But it's a secret cry for help, because people who are as nice as you are, are in the closet because they really want that back you're giving away what you want back. You are loving them the way you want to be loved and living with the fact that you're not getting it back. I am. I know. That is so
3: accurate and I always say, I just give out love the way I want to receive it. (laughs) That's like, that's my motto. Mm -hmm. Like I just, you know, treat others, Mm -hmm. do unto others. But but... it's
5: never gonna happen because you are training them Mm -hmm. that you're a gas station. You're you're, you're training them, they're defining you as a place to go and have their needs met and leave. Raise your standards up a little bit higher. Serve people briefly and then back out of that situation and and, and raise the price up on your Mm, time.
4: Ray, did you
5: yeah.
3: just raise the price up on my time? Yeah, yeah.
5: How do I do that?
3: Bitch by J?
5: valuing yourself, by valuing your time, by putting making yourself a priority. Women do this all the time. They give, 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 give to everybody else until they, they have nothing left for themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 the odd thing about it is they hunger for a relationship. But when they get into a relationship with a man, the way our relationships tend to work, you end up giving everything to him. because we are not necessarily trained to take care of our women. Our women are trained to take care of us. Now that's
3: a word. You understand what I'm Uh saying?
5: So so a guy is not necessarily raised Mm -hmm. to take care of a woman in the way that she needs to be taken care of. Our our propensity is to take care of you uh, by protecting you and providing for you. But your propensity is you need presence. You need attention. You need conversation. You need you need your feet rubbed sometime. You you, you need to feel like you matter sometime. And that, that doesn't happen arbitrarily. You have to put your feet up and say, Rub my feet, baby. You have to come out and say it because instinctively we don't know how to love you if you don't tell us.
2: Oh my god, I just had literally this fight with someone yesterday. It's hitting you in the heart. It's hit me in the heart. And he was like, what's the matter? And I was like, I'm fine. And then I finally did. I didn't have the courage to call back and say, I'm not fine. So I texted it Mm -hmm. and then when we finally spoke, but God spoke to me, I was like, you have to say it, you have to say the words, like, why didn't you do this? And it was something very small in the scheme of life, but being, I don't mean to be there in gender and all this stuff, but as a woman, I'm like, I just wanted you to say, I look nice today. Mm -hmm. I put on a dress. Yeah, put on a lipstick. You know what Yolanda used to always quote:
3: "If you're quiet about your pain, they will kill you and say that you enjoyed it." Yeah, exactly. And Mm. I'm still working on that. I say every day, God is still working on me because I have to learn to do that to speak up about my pain.
5: The other thing you have to realize, you have to tell people in your life—not just your husband, your boyfriend, but even your children—how you want the love. Yeah. Because we might not be excited about makeup. We, a, a man doesn't love a woman for her makeup. He loves a woman for the way she giggles or mm-hmm. uh, the way she lays her head on his chest. It's little things. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm getting from you might not be what you're trying to give me. And you, women, you know, I, I put on a beautiful dress. I got nice makeup. I got my nails done. Got a pedicure.
2: Everything. Say what? Yeah, All of it. yeah. You <laughs> got and, my lip waxed. Yeah. Come on. And
5: he <laughs> may he may not notice any of it because he just likes you. Mm-hmm. Maybe bare face you. Mm-hmm. Maybe early in the morning, with white stuff in the corner of your eyes you. <laughs> but you're fun and you're funny, and I like being around you. And my life seems brighter when you're there. So see, then you fall out with somebody because you're not getting it, but you're missing the fact that they're loving you in in another language.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm. I, what marriage Ooh. has taught me, Corey, <laughs> you to, y'all can see Corey. She didn't go down.
5: She didn't go down. I need the another way. interview. Oh my
3: god, we have we have like three minutes left. <laughs> okay, but okay. So let me say, you are right. You are so right. And what marriage has taught me, Bishop Jakes, I'm going on nine years in okay. October. In order to count your blessings, you have to see them first, especially in a relationship. And what's really worked for my husband and I are enjoying and appreciating and acknowledging the little things the very small things very small like things. you're talking about and for me that makes up for so much because I don't I, I don't expect flowers and all that because that doesn't actually matter to me mm-hmm. but I appreciate that he cooks because I don't mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. I appreciate that he <laughs> always lets cook. me control the television even mm. on football football Sunday yeah. like who does that you know <laughs> right, what I mean right, right, but right. these aren't the kinds of things that people tell you to look out for right. so you yeah. have to know which your blessings are before you can count them
5: when, when you understand each other you can be more effective in the book Crushing I, I share with you if you don't understand my crushing you don't understand my crowns mm-hmm. because my crowns were made from my crushings and intimacy is into me see. and so if i let you see mm-hmm. into me mm-hmm. you can see how i've been crushed you learn how to love me by learning where i'm fractured maybe i'm fractured because i never had a father maybe i'm fractured because i never had a job maybe i'm fractured mm-hmm. because i'm dyslexic whatever my insecurity is You're the filler that fills the gap, which makes me crave you. Listen, listen, I know we're running out of time, but i got to give you this. you got to get this book because there's something you have to understand. As long as you become an answer, you never have to market yourself. Because people Mm -hmm. never call a question. They only want an answer. And in order to be a great answer, whether it's a business or a relationship, you have to understand what is my question. What is my void? What is my need? Mm-hmm. And when I see you as an answer, I will always send for you. Mm-hmm. I will always send for you because I see you as an answer. So, intimacy, as you talk, it's not just rattling, it's finding out where I'm crushed at. Yeah. Because if you can find out where I'm crushed at, my mother never touched me, my mother never handled me, or my mother overhandled me, or she was domineering. And and what? how did you feel about that? Yeah. Becoming an answer to anybody on a job, in a relationship, in a position, in entrepreneurship, if you start a business and it's an answer to a problem, it's gonna go crazy. It's gonna explode yeah. because you wanna solve a problem and you'll always be in demand. Eyeshadow won't do that for you, lipstick won't do that for you getting extensions won't do that for you sometimes you put the most effort in the things that matter least in a relationship
4: mm-hmm.
3: mm. well i Ooh. strive to be an answer and not All a right. question yeah and
2: know my question bishop jake i got one more question i noticed on your sleeve here you got uh It monogram, Bishop. But we want to know, when are you Bishop and when are you T.D. Jakes? Mm. Who's the difference? (laughs) That is a great question.
5: Oh, my God, I don't know that I've ever been asked that question. I'm seldom thrown off guard. I'm I'm a Gemini. My wife says, I say there's two people in here. She says there's ten. (laughs) We argue about that all the time, how many people there are. I, I I can switch on a dime. Really? Yeah, because being the bishop is is what I do. Yeah. It emanates out of who I am. I never gave up who I am for what I do. Mm-hmm. People say B- Bishop James is a pastor, and you 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 know me as a pastor, yes. but I knew me as a person. Mm-hmm. I was a person before I was a pastor, mm-hmm. and so all I have to bring to the table is who I am. But if I give up who I am for what I do, then I become an actor. So, you understand what I mean? Then I become an actor and I'm never off work. So, when like, I am so diverse, you know, you'll ever see me in some raggedy jeans and a baseball cap turned around backwards on my head. I am not going to be one of those preachers walking around in the grocery store with a suit on and a <laughs> clergy collar talking about God bless your daughter. No, I'm going to be in there with some scuffies on and some raggedy pants on and I'm going to be going after the chicken wings. I don't make I don't let people make me act like a celebrity. Mm-hmm. because it robs you of being a person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I want to be able to go in the grocery store. And I resisted the urge to run and hide when I became famous mm-hmm. because fame robs you of the things that I love most about life. Yeah. And that's okay. normalcy. Normalcy. Yeah. Just normalcy. Mm-hmm. You don't have to look good every day. Nope. Come out with your hair bad. <laughs> yep. You know, hit the street. <laughs> Jump in the pool. We'll fix it later. You know, have some fun in your life. I learned this because I was raised by a dying father. Mm-hmm. When you are raised by a dying father, you learn how to live. Mm. Yeah, because life becomes precious yeah. when you watch it leaving. See, so so I'm 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 bishop now. I'm, I'm I don't know. I I really think this is just T.D. talking to you because yeah. we're talking about regular things. Yes. Yes. I'm not serving communion. I'm not mm-hmm. preaching a service. <laughs> no. I'm a really down person. This, yeah. this mm-hmm. is me, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're they're kind of inextricably connected, mm-hmm. but I do know how to let him go and have some fun and be crazy. I'm really crazy.
3: You're known for your humor. Yeah, On Instagram and all the places you have. A, you know, you keep us laughing. I gotta have a backup learning.
5: job in case this preaching thing goes down. I'm going for stand-up comedy. Okay, I'm going for you, stand-up you got up it. comedy. <laughs>
3: (laughs) Well, I think your authenticity is your superpower. And I think we can end there because really that is what you have. That's the tool in which you've used to really help communicate to so many people and touch us.
5: I want that authenticity to be relevant in everyone's lives. I wrote the book Crushing because I want us to come out of this woe is me place mm-hmm. and be happy like we're being happy right now. Yes, we are. Thank you for making my day.
2: Oh, Thank you.
3: Thank you so Thank much. You. And you guys Thank go you. get Crushing. Read it, download it, read it twice. Yeah. Because it will speak to your heart. In stores Thank everywhere. <laughs>
5: Thank you.
2: Charlie. I'm so glad we just replayed that because I forgot how much of a word Bishop Jakes gave us. That was a word.
3: Whew. I think we should do an encore of this episode next year. We should. Just to remind the people. We Dick should do team. like send out transcripts yes. of the conversation. We need Twitter cards. Yes. But cards. But up, speaking of quotables, the next woman up next, more gems, y'all. Tanya Lewis-Lee.
2: So Charlie Penn, Yes, Mary. Murray. Um, this morning before our guest came in, you know, I got here a little early mm-hmm. um, and I was putting on my makeup. So the guest came in mid concealer <laughs> um, and but she looked fabulous. Black, gold, hat, gold, head, to toe. head to toe, glasses, <laughs> everything. Right. And it reminded me when I saw her at another time. So at the Oscars, I attended. I'm in the risers, which is on the side, you know, mm-hmm. the press and her husband comes in and everybody's there to see her husband because he's coming in and he's wearing purple and everybody's like spike 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 but i saw tanya lewis lee <laughs> tanya lewis lee strutted <laughs> Oh, made it around that my carpet and i was like is anyone seeing huh? tanya is That's anyone is anyone loud. looking at tanya because what i love tanya you ladies and gentlemen tanya lewis lee is here but good morning like spike was being pulled away you get you looked and was like and then you just <laughs> and you had on that uh the black and right, neon right and you had such swag, oh, wow. do you? Thank do? you. It was. I was just like, who's not paying attention? <laughs> what? Right. And that's when I realized, like, Essence always needs to be on the red carpet because right. we need to see that. Yeah. I think I put it in the slack. I was like, Tanya's here and she's killing it. She's doing it. So
6: funny, that especially so those funny. carpets. Wow. You. Oh my well, god. Thank you, thank you. You know, you got to show up and represent. I mean, I wasn't just walking in there with just myself. I was carrying everybody else with me. Exactly. exactly. So I needed to, you. know know try to pull it together Mm -hmm. and look like how i felt you are flawless and effortless every time i see you oh well I, I like the fact that you think that.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what you're giving,
6: you know? So I will take that. I'm glad that's how it appears. You know those women,
3: Corey, and you're going to love this, but Tanya, but those women, when every time you see them, you're just like, okay, I could do better. I could yes. shop. Yes. I could get my clothes tailored. Yes. I could do more philanthropy. Yeah. I could figure it all oh. out. Like, you just make me feel like well, I, you can that, have it all and be it all.
6: Well, that's very sweet. And look, I, I think you can, but not all at the same time, and Damn. I think it's a life process mm-hmm. and I am at an age now where I think I'm probably more comfortable in my skin than I've ever been mm-hmm. so and I've figured out how to simplify things for myself also mm-hmm. so that it's a little easier
3: oh I love this we're gonna have to Ooh, talk what did about you simplify? That? yeah
6: oh you should see my closet my closet is so like cleaned out like i got i got rid of so much stuff did like you do the I, marie Kondo? i didn't do marie i didn't follow her thing but i did my own version of that like i like i really cleaned out because i got to the point in my life where it's like you know when you go in the closet and you're like oh where yes. is i can't find and yes doing, i can't do that anymore mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i i also I don't need a whole lot of clothes. Like, I don't mind wearing the same things, mixing them up all the time. Yeah. So your favorites. It's just, it's keep it simple. And that's what I like, one thing I did a li- like about Marie Kondo, the idea of keep what gives you joy. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if I don't really love it, it's gotta go, mm-hmm. you know? And some things are for a season. You wear it and you get rid of it. Some things you keep, I've had for 20 years and I still pull it out. So, you know.
3: And I mean, we're starting with your fashion because you look fabulous, but Corey's gonna go over your receipts. Because you are (laughs) a producer, an author,
2: I mean, Corey. Let me add to that. Lawyer. Lawyer. Producer. Um, Children's book author. Okay. So we can have like two things. Okay. Health advocate. Yeah. Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. Wife, mother. Come on. What? what? That's, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. And I have to bring this up because you're not bringing it up. Spellman grad? No, no, I did so not ask to I went to oh, Sarah Lawrence. Sorry. But you know, my bad, sorry.
6: bad. My bad. They're but my my sisters. My sister, my father, and my mother all went to Hampton. So very much. <gasps> a, you went
4: <were gasps> to Hampton? No, oh, oh, okay,
3: yeah, yeah. Just let
2: like y'all know, I was a setup. I knew that. No, I didn't. Okay.
3: <laughs> but I know why you would think Spellman because
6: uh,
2: Spike Spike is the Morehouse, yes. And oh. his mother and
6: father, his mother went to Spellman, His grandmother went to Spellman. He married out of the family. Uh, out, so you went to Spelman too? Yes. (laughs) Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. And your husband came once to campus, of course, to get back. And my roommate gave him her reel. Oh. and he she didn't get to talk to him but she was like trying to get over a pole to give it to him uh-huh. and of course he had someone grab it of course and he hired her on the set uh, to be a PA on the set of 25th hour I love that and oh, wow. it was so wild because she just never heard anything and then got a call and it was basically like be here at this day and time okay click yeah <laughs> that's and how she we was got. like yeah and she <laughs> was like serious? is this real oh my god and I was like girl it's Spike Lee you you better go get on the bus get on the
4: bus
3: <laughs> and she did that's and amazing. she showed up on that corner when and where she was supposed to yeah. be with no that's, other. That is so Spike. You guys really, yeah. I mean, that's how you touch people yeah. on every level. She yeah. was a PA. That's, that's wow. amazing. So, oh, my God. I so, love it. To add that in. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, we're talking with you today because you are a producer on She's Gotta Have It. Yeah. Yes. Coming back for season two. Season two. We're here for season yeah. two. Yes. So I got to know what, okay, I've watched three episodes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nola is fully in love with Opal. Mm-hmm. She's having a beautiful relationship mm-hmm. But can you tell us where else she's gonna evolve? Because one thing I took, uh, to, notes I got from the last season was that she was very much like, I don't wanna be this one note label. Mm-hmm. Like, don't call me one thing. So I, what I wanna know is where she's gonna go, but then I wonder what labels have you hated over the years that you've heard about yourself? Mm,
6: that's interesting. What labels have I ha- heard? Like for are me, I, I hate him?
2: when people are like, oh, Corey's so nice, and I'm like, I, I could be mean. I could be right. firm, you know. Right. I could be, be, <laughs> <can> be tough. <laughs> I could be tough. Tight. You know yeah, yeah. You know. I'm going to
6: think about that, but okay. I will say with Nola, I think for her her journey. Uh, yes, she's in love with Opal, and she didn't like labels. Mm-hmm. But I think Nola's really evolving, you mm-hmm. know. And so maybe not as concerned with thinking about how people think about her so yeah. much anymore. Thinking right. about how she's going to navigate, you know, this world and be the artist. That she wants to be and trying to figure out how to make a living, yeah. doing that. Um, so I, I think she's evolving beyond what people think of her. Mm-hmm. For me, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what people think of me. You know, I, I, it's funny you use that nice um, analogy. I don't know. Sometimes people. I think f- sometimes people think that, and then they tr- get tripped up. Mm -hmm. that's how it happens to me you know don't Don't because I because I am Mm -hmm. a nice person I do try to approach people with kindness and I do try to have an open heart but like don't Tri- you know, c- confuse that with weakness. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and that you're going to push over me and yeah. that. Absolutely. You know, um, th- that's when they get in trouble because you'll mm-hmm. get disappointed. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm the same. Right. Way. I'm very bubbly,
3: and people are often going to be caught off guard when I'm trying to handle business.
6: Right. Because it's like I'm. I'm, I'm They're like, things. Oh my God, you're so nice. That's yeah. so fun. Okay, yeah. No, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, no, actually, it does. it does. So let's handle this right and now. and I have
3: an opinion, and you're going to hear right. it with a smile. Right. Right. You're going to hear. Cory knows <laughs> me, but you're, <Right. laughs> you're going to hear it. <laughs> <gonna> <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I love that we can be all of those things. We should be mm-hmm. able to,
6: you yeah. know, um, and people should recognize that, you know, we can be Absolutely. fun and we can be serious, too.
3: You know what I like about She's Gotta Have It and what I think it explored in season one and I know it will continue to explore in season two is this idea. I know coming like being in New York when we were in our 20s, I saw a lot of women kind of put the career on hold for romance or getting sort of lost Mm. in all the situationships and the complications of like being in your twenties and dating and having all of that. And sometimes that can really be distracting from our passions. Right. And we can see Nola dealing with that, you know, and that idea that this that you have to focus on your passion and your dream. But all these other matters of the heart can be pulling at you at all times.
6: Well and sometimes they can inspire and motivate you in your work in ways you don't even realize, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, love, love is great, but love can be painful. Mm-hmm. And as an artist, quite honestly, that pain from love
2: can be a gift. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a scene where she talks about, because she's, she's hesitant to share her pain with mm-hmm. the wider you know, she said it's not for public. Right. But her therapist tells her, like, well, other artists do it and they've benefited from it, and exactly. it still can help people. Absolutely. You exactly. Know. I mean, and again, what I what I really love about about
6: Nola and what we are able to do with her is really explore all of that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, dig in a little bit. Like, yeah. And and it's funny, even in the writer's room, like we all didn't necessarily agree. So some of the debates that you're seeing on screen or debates we actually had in the writers' room, you know oh, about, wow. you know, some people really feel like as an artist you don't want to sell out, and what mm-hmm. does selling out mean to you as an mm-hmm. artist? Mm-hmm. And then other people are like, what do you mean selling out? If someone's paying you for your art and you're able to make a living doing that, how is that selling out? That's the yeah. point. People that's people what you're say. trying to <laughs> yeah. do, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, so that's kind of that. We we have fun with that in the show for sure. What's it like inside the writers' room?
3: Because it's such a cool on show. On this show, on this show in particular. Yeah,
6: you know, it was really great. I mean, we it was mostly women. We had three men out of uh, and uh, six or seven women. Is and this a
2: change from last season?
6: No, uh, first season also first was say, okay. uh, majority women as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we had uh, a lot of playwrights, not so many TV writers or you know traditional TV writers, um, and it was great. I mean, people were passionate uh um really smart um thinking out of the box you know but at the same time i mean spike created nola darling mm-hmm. he's directing all of the episodes yeah. it's it's his show really mm-hmm. right and so the thing is he also has things in his mind that he's not necessarily communicating maybe he doesn't even fully it's not even fully realized to him mm-hmm. but so if something comes up in the room and he's like okay no not doing that next People are like, "Wait, but I want to talk about it." He's like, "I don't want to talk about it because I'm ta-. and it, it's an adjustment for us because he is already a few steps ahead of us yeah. and he's not going to stop and explain it to us. It's his baby. It's yeah. his it's his baby. And so we had, you know, I think for all of us, it's kind of an adjustment to, you know, understanding that because most shows the director doesn't direct all of the episodes. Interesting, oh, yeah. You know, they usually have different do. directors coming oh, alternating. on. Alternating, mm-hmm. got it. Right. He's, he directs all of he them. He directs
2: all of them and, uh, you know, has a vision. What uh, was one thing you told him Nola had to do when, because this was 30 years ago, what was one thing you said, okay, Nola has to grow in this way? Well, I think as we
6: really went into the second season, because first season, I feel, is more closely related to the actual film. Yes. Yeah. I think for second season, uh, it really felt like, you know, as much as, yes, the, your lovers in your life and your relationships are really important. I think for us, it was we really want to understand how she's managing her, her artistic business. You know, what mm-hmm. is that like? I really want to see how does an artist today actually make it yeah. and pay those bills and pay those yeah. bills <laughs> you know and try and how is she setting herself up for her future mm-hmm. you know um it's interesting i also think i mean there's one small a, a little um her mother is also sort of um a, uh, emerging interestingly as a character like trying to find herself at her later mm-hmm. life as mm-hmm. an artist as well yeah. so like the process never ends as an artist i mean as a woman you can raise your children you know do what you need to do for your family and once, the, and I, I, personally am in a, in a similar position where and now you know i can come back to myself and focus on my what i want to do uh since i don't have the family responsibility as much you know yeah so we have fun with that too i love that
2: i'm also curious what have you learned i'm sorry charlie um because you've seen spike do this over the years you didn't you didn't train as a producer but what have you taken from watching him and and really his colleagues over the years and how you approach your projects that you produce it's a never-ending grind. You gotta get fuck up.
6: Oh, you can us. Okay, you Me gotta. Too. Okay, you gotta get the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in the morning mm-hmm. and get to work. Mm-hmm. It's just, it is never-ending. It's a constant grind. Do you want it, or do you not want it? Mm-hmm. And are you really gonna do the work to make it happen? You know, I mean, that's really the bottom line. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I was talking to someone earlier today about the fact that producing, really, I mean, at the end of the day, it really is problem solving. Yeah. What's the issue? What's the problem? What are we working on? Who do we need? What do we need to get it done? Mm -hmm. And how are we going to get it done? Uh, And it really is all about just being on it constantly, making it happen. Um, it's not, it's not, it's funny, you know, you talk about the Oscars and you see everyone, they are all glammed up yeah. and everyone looks beautiful and it's all, I mean, Hollywood is so good at that, yeah, right? right? Like the, and it looks wonderful. Mm. But the fact of the matter is the work, the grind. it is, it is not glamorous. No, I mean, you know, it is, it can be cold, it can be hot, it can be buggy, it can be... I mean, the food's not great always. I mean, (laughs) where you're staying's not always glamorous Mm -hmm. if you're on location somewhere. I mean, it is hard work. Um, And it's hard work even just to get to set. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So,
2: you know. Creating art. And and I always think, speaking, and watching the Oscars, you know, from, and I realize how many people are involved. Yeah. Like, there are so many behind the scenes people. It's not just the actors, like, because you realize all these people help make this one thing shine that we you know movies that we all love but yeah yeah i was gonna
3: say Dewanda, oh my god! I know, I know. There's something about her, as I'm sure you know, that's just so relatable. Yeah, and she really sells every character she brings to life in a way where you're like, you can see yourself in it, you know. And I mean, you guys, did you know? You guys know as soon as you saw. Oh, as soon as
6: we saw Dewanda, it was very clear that Dewanda was Nola. Yeah, I mean, right away. I mean, and and we had a lot of really wonderful people audition who Mm could have been great, but I do think Dewanda just really embodies. The free-spirited sort of quirky yeah. uh, artist that Nola is trying to figure it out in a real, in a very real, authentic way. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. she, she knows this girl, mm-hmm. um, and, and and the other. I mean, you know, I love Clorinda. I mean, she's messy. <laughs> Clorinda is messy. <laughs> And crazy, <laughs> but thinks she's got it all figured out. Yeah. I mean, and we know that girl. Yeah. I know this girl. Mm-hmm. I know this girl Do very we? well. <laughs> you know, um, who, you know, and, and their relationship really evolves and,
2: mm. and changes in, in different ways, uh, which is fun to see, too. I, whose idea was it to incorporate the music? I mean, I know music is a big thing in Spike's things, but I love the music. Like last season when they played Faithful by I know, Michelle, yeah. I forgot how much I, I love that and song. And brought it all back. I know, all, right? And with the lyrics? I know. That I was know. The, that touch right
6: there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes, Spike is amazing with the music. Okay. I mean, that's Spike's thing. Okay. Spike lo- I mean, he loves music. He loves incorporating music. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we there are again new artists that he is bringing on to yeah. this show uh, this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's some there's some other music. Um, there's a it's so funny. There's a Madonna from her Ray of Light album that is in the show. Yeah. That now I can't stop listening to. <laughs> like, and I don't even remember listening to it so much when it first came out. Yeah. But. But the way it's contextualized mm. in the show for me, mm-hmm. it's brand new music. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's yes. great.
3: I feel like movies and TV shows do that for me all the time. They yeah. make me fall in love with an old song even more than I did the first time. When
6: they're, done, when they're used properly, yes. in a way, again, I, I, a lot of, some people don't really understand how music works in mm-hmm. storytelling mm-hmm. and film and tv but used well i mean it really it sets a mood it stays with you mm-hmm. um i will forever now when i listen to some of the madonna songs that are in the show like it means something to me because of how it's used yeah. in the show yeah
2: for me it's that way again with michelle and day and love and basketball yes. mm-hmm. that song right Every there. Right. It, yeah those emotions yeah, exactly fool out of me Yes. Yes. Yeah. Is that the name of it? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I know I'm singing well, it. Well, you head. Know, the song. know the song. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <I> know exactly. <laughs> but in this season, she's got a habit when uh, spoiler alert. Um, well, I won't say something yes. happens. Yes. And the one, the Stevie Wonder's "I Thought You Never Leave" in summer is playing, and I. But I remember oh. listening to it last night, and I started. 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm up there, my child is asleep. I'm like, oh, I was all like acting it out and I realized, oh. but it was going back to, was it Fever, Jungle the, Fever? The, that's Fever. Yep. That Stevie did the yep. whole yep. score yep. and I said, yep. I think, i mean i knew about stevie wonder of course but i i kind of think spike did you're a little younger yes it's a different
6: it's a a different generation but i do associate stevie with spike i love because of
2: jungle fever yeah he would
6: would, would love that i mean spike loves stevie yeah i mean and again that song and that scene Mm -hmm. that that was in his head you know he knew that was happening so like no Mm -hmm. matter what we said about however we were doing Mm -hmm. that was happening he had Already seen that happening before, you know.
3: So, Tanya, I want to know what it's like to work with your husband, (laughs) like as a wife and as a woman. Like, you know, you're both very strong. Mm, You have mm, very strong mm. personalities. You know what you want to do. I see that. Obviously, you're soulmates and you work well together. But you know, mixing business with pleasure—it's not easy. It's never
6: easy. It's not easy, and Spike is Spike. (laughs) I was
3: going to say, and Spike is Spike. So, what is? And I've lived
6: with this for years, right? Where, and yes, I mean, he's a wonderful man, a wonderful husband, wonderful father. But he is who he is is and mm-hmm. who people tell him who he is all the time like i swear to god like during this whole oscar thing people were like spike you're so great you're so wonderful someone introduced him as spike Wonderboy. i was like oh my <laughs> god you guys are making it really hard for me to live with this man tonight is gonna
3: be really interesting you know
6: and so you know sometimes i remember when spike and i first started dating my father said to me he said you know what you tell him to kiss your ass every now and then just for the hell of it it. you know and (laughs) he needs that Mm -hmm. you know now in working with him you know there would be times when you know and spike is very passionate he is he's a very passionate person what I've come to realize and in this new age and world the way we have to deal with each other spike will you know something's not right and again Mm -hmm. he's got a lot of stuff he's managing a lot of people a lot of Mm -hmm. schedule all of this something's not right he'll go off Mm. Now he'll go off. He'll he'll be angry, and then he he can move on. Some people get in their feelings about that. Yeah, but you messed up, <laughs> so you need to, to fix it, deal with it, because your mess up is going to fuck up everything else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but that's different in my relationship, right? Okay. So because we're negotiating together, trying to figure things out, and yeah, there were some times when you know it gets intense. I bet. Yeah. You know, and you know, uh, but we work it out. And what I realized, though, as a producer, really producing him, though, mm-hmm. there was a moment, especially this season, where after work, we were at home, and I was talking about something. And I was like, oh, right. I don't need to tell my director this, because yeah. this is just getting him upset. Right. I should, I'm having a husband-wife conversation about an issue at work. But what I'm doing is I'm the producer, and he's the director, and I'm working his nerve. So now I need to remember that there are things that i should not be discussing with him or trying to work out because we're in a business situation mm-hmm. but it took a minute for me to really understand that yeah you know? you're juggling
2: those hats i appreciate that me too i have something like that on a very small level and very basic but i do that with my child's father mm-hmm. i don't let him know how much i really paid a babysitter right <laughs> and although i'm coordinating exactly. with him and telling him i was about to say oh i pay her x because if he knew it was going to be a whole situation. Right. It was going to turn. And why do and that? And I had to learn, like, you don't need to tell him everything. Right. right. He wants to be involved. He wants to. But I was like, some things I was like, it's, she's going to get picked up. Right. They're going to meet us here. they are producing. It'll produ- fi- I had
6: to produce it. Right. And it'll be fine. It'll
2: be fine. Yeah. Right.
6: But he doesn't need to know all the dirty details no. of how it gets done. Yeah. And, and that's the funny thing, too, right? Like, a good producer, you know, mm-hmm. people don't even know what you're really doing. In fact, mm-hmm. they say, I don't need a producer. Right. You don't need a producer because the producer has produced. And things are running smoothly. (laughs) And things are running, and it's not a problem, you know? When
2: did you step into producing?
6: So I really, the first time I produced anything was 1998. I started doing interstitials or PSAs for Nickelodeon, mm-hmm. and I really, at the time, I really wanted to start producing, and I didn't, I didn't know how. I, I had been a lawyer, uh, but I had a friend who was working at Nickelodeon, and he said, "Why don't you come in for an exploratory interview?" And they were really wonderful to me because I wanted to do some Black History Month spots, and they didn't have a whole lot of money, but they said, and I, I pitched them ideas, and they were like, "Figure it out." And so that's how I started. Okay. I love And that. it was
2: great. I know. remember um, years ago, you, you did a spot for Jaguar. It was like yes. a little mini Oh my movie. god! Yes, that I know was it was. Long, long yeah, it was a time long, ago. but it was beautiful. that Were you going to Martha's Vineyard yes, or St. Yes, Harbor? Exactly. So it was Martha's beautiful. But, I, yes. but I'll admit, I was like, I have got to live and work so I can get a Jaguar that and is drive and so go to the vineyard <laughs> and play
6: golf. I think we were playing she golf. She sold you what the life. Right? She that, sold me the life, and I was like, hilarious. this is brilliant. Yeah, I want this life. That was my. That was my acting career. That, yes. that, and then that was it done. I don't you were need one. To, you sold. Yeah, yeah I don't need to me. be. I don't need to be uh, in front of the camera. I like behind, I like the, behind scenes. the scenes.
3: I didn't realize it been since ninety eight. That's a-
6: yeah, look, I mean, this is a thing. People don't know how long sometimes things take. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I had children. I've done other creative things. But yeah, I've been working at this for, for a long time. Well, uh, that's what we do here. We make sure all of your receipts are
3: on the table, <laughs> the whole CVS one, yeah. the super long paper one. Yeah. It's important that people know.
6: Well, yeah, and it's not an overnight. Right. You know, and it's still, and I'm still feeling like I'm just getting started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just getting to the place where I think I want to be. And then the bar will probably move again.
3: And we haven't even talked about the work you do for women's health.
6: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've been doing that
3: for decades. Yeah.
6: That's been a long time, too. When did you
3: realize that was your passion? I mean, infant mortality, women's reproductive rights. You tackled everything in a big way with multiple campaigns.
6: Well, I will say in 2007, and I think it was after the children's picture books had come out, Mm -hmm. and um, the uh, US Department of Health and Human Services, the Office of Minority Health. Reached out to me be, to be a spokesperson uh, on the infant infant mortality awareness raising campaign here in the United States, mm-hmm. um, and because they were specifically focusing on Black communities, because infant mortality, which is the marker of the health of a nation, um, in our community, is much higher. There's a there's a disparity between Black babies dying and white babies dying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And once I started going out in the country and talking on the issues and meeting people who are deeply involved in infant health and women's health, because when you talk about the health of an infant, you're really talking about the health of a woman. Yes. Um, Once I started understanding the issues, I mean, it just became a lifelong passion for me, for me to figure out my own health how to be as healthy as i possibly can Mm -hmm. because i am a very very much a believer that you cannot help anyone unless you help yourself so you got to learn how to take care of yourself first before you can tell anybody else what they should be doing um but then when you realize what's happening in this Mm -hmm. country especially for us as black women as black families Mm -hmm. It's just I I have to, I have to use whatever platform I have to encourage, inspire, motivate not only us as black women to take care of ourselves, but also to try to help our communities rise up to provide what we need so we can, Mm -hmm. you know. Thank you for that work. Yeah, it and really is your passion. It is, that. and and what's amazing is when I sit down. I was just at, I just did a talk last night. When you, when I sit down with women, mm-hmm. I'm finding that we do want a space to talk about our health. Yeah. we all have so many questions. So it's many. hard, and it's hard, mm-hmm. and it's really wonderful to open up the conversation, share what we know, and actually all of us to be able to say, yeah, it's really it's really hard. And, you know, I'm going through this. I backslide. I backslide. I don't like going to the gym, but I have to go to the gym. I fight with myself every day to go. But I, I, you know, when I go. Um, So I I, I just think it's really important. Mm -hmm. Um, And the more I talk about it, maybe someone else talks about it and they talk about it. Um,
3: But how did you learn to take care of yourself?
6: Because what you said is key.
3: We have to learn we how to do to that. And what I think black women do the worst at is doing that. Like, we just can't seem to take care of ourselves, even though we're taking care of everyone else, right? But we get that part wrong.
6: Well, I, I, think, I think first, you know, I think it's easy to backslide and then say, oh, forget it. Mm-hmm. I messed up. Mm-hmm. Now I'm yeah. done. I'm going to go back to doing what I always did. I also think that if you have lived a life of, and I'm going to use the unhealthy eating, and you haven't moved a lot, when you first get started, it's very hard. It's painful because mm-hmm. you're going through a detox. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, working out is hard and you're sore. Yeah, yeah. And, and no one likes to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you have to go through that period to get to the other side. Yeah. Um, how did I learn? I did a lot of Google, a lot of reading, looking for what spoke to me mm-hmm. you know uh really trying to pay attention to what's going on out there i i am vegan i don't think everyone has to be vegan how long have you been, have you always been vegan? no i went vegan probably about 10 years ago and then i started eating fish again for a couple of years and now i'm back to being vegan mm-hmm. and that works for me and if i feel like i need to eat fish or i want some extra protein or something like that i'll eat fish i don't like chicken or, or red meat so i, I won't eat that mm-hmm. um just because i don't like it mm-hmm. um But again, to me the biggest thing is the dairy. I think dairy is, and it, I think dairy is horrible for us. Mm-hmm. I, I think that I think that dairy farmers should be able to make a living, but I think they are in cahoots with the USDA mm-hmm. to get us to drink milk and eat cheese, which makes us sick. Yeah, it makes us sick. They say I was just reading this article the other day about how they're bringing whole food milk, whole fat milk, back to schools, and what they've said is, you know, that if you're lactose intolerant, you have a disability, which is absolutely absolutely insane what? that is oh that is so crazy and of course Black people, Asian people, Latin people are are lactose intolerant. Mm -hmm. But there are white people that are lactose intolerant. But the thing is, that's an enzyme in your body telling you that you should not be ingesting Mm -hmm. milk. Yeah, Yeah. it's literally flashing red light. Right. Stop Stop it. Stop (laughs) Stop it. It's a toxin. Yes. And so instead of listening to the USDA, Mm -hmm. we should be listening to our bodies Mm -hmm. that are telling us we should not be drinking milk. And there are lots of other alternatives out there. If you really want that kind of milky substance. Again, you don't necessarily even need that milky substance, but if you want it, you can find it in other ways. And I am much healthier now that I don't I don't drink milk. Um, but you know, it's taken a lot of research. And right. you know, I gross myself out. I watched that documentary What, <laughs> what the <hell>? Health? Oh. <laughs> oh god, it ruined me. <laughs> you don't want to eat anything I didn't eat watch, yeah, anything for like yeah, a Yeah, milk. No, no. It's true. It's <laughs> true. I didn't, right?
2: watch, it. I didn't don't. watch it. I mean, do it but be, be ready. prepared.
6: Don't do prepared. it before your birthday you, or you, you Thanksgiving. Want, you, trust me, you're not <laughs> going to ever want milk again. Ever.
2: Well, it's funny. I did one of those like 30-day challenges, and I was one of those people who, and, and, and this is for anybody out there listening, I thought I could never not have milk in my coffee. I can't. Right. I thought. Then I started using oat milk. Then okay. I started almond milk. Now... I can have it and now I, can o- I don't even eat sugar in my coffee anymore. Well, but I, I really thought I was never gonna be able to do it. Right, well, that, that's the thing, you that's really think that it. and you'd have to you know,
6: slowly get yourself there yeah. and then you get out. It's so interesting, you talk about sugar. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing, oh, oh, no. the I don't understand. Like, I'm why guilty. do we think that we have to put sugar in everything? Yeah,
3: Because th- our parents did and our aunties did and our uncles did. I mean, I think it's, a lot of it is passed down.
6: Well, it's, it's so interesting, right? Because mm-hmm. I, if I go out and I order a drink, and I say, I don't want any simple syrup. I don't want agave. And I, people are mm-hmm. like, but you know it's going to be really tart. That's how <laughs> I, I like, like it. it. Yeah. Like, I mean, and then I, it's, it's such a funny thing. Mm-hmm. I say, oh, I don't, I, you know, I've gone down south. I was like, oh, well, I'll have unsweetened tea. And people are like, we don't have that. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's how y'all do up in the East <laughs> <Instagram." laughs> You know, it's so funny. But why yeah. do we feel the need to have sugar? What, where does that come from? I'm guessing probably we've been, it's, it's money. Yeah, this is all about money mm-hmm. and our health, our poor health is a big industry, mm-hmm.
2: you know, and yeah. we have to take that power back. Yes,
3: yes, You know, oh my God.
2: So Give I went order. to the Brooklyn Navy Yard this past weekend with my daughter and we were in the museum and the Domino Sugar yes. Factory was near there or something. Right. And it was just a line that said that Domino produced was one of the major producers of sugar in the world. And he was coming right out of Brooklyn. But to your point. It's they money. weren't on it. it's money. They so, made yeah.
6: they they made a lot, yeah, made billions a lot. and billions of dollars. And we are convinced that oh, that doesn't taste right unless it's super sweet. That's ultimately going to give you diabetes. That's going to help the pharmaceutical companies mm-hmm. down the line when you're on all their drugs. Mm-hmm. And we are predisposed to exactly be, to get, getting di- yeah. diabetes. I think it's type two. So it's like. Right. Well, we're predisposed, especially by the way we eat leading up to, Mm -hmm. you know. I mean, from when we're young, you know. And I and I like to say, um, I like to say that these days, especially with the world as it is, we all need to be as army fit as we possibly can be, you know. And you know, you need to be able to move and run when somebody says run. Yeah. You need to be able to run. <laughs> and yeah. you don't want to have to have somebody to put you on their back. Yeah. That you is know? so
2: real. Oh, my God. So right after 9-11, I was going to the gym. And i never forget. You know how the, the, you had a gym and the trainers come around trying to get you to like sign up with uh-huh. them or whatever. And I remember he was trying to make me pull up. And I couldn't pull up my own weight. Right. And he goes, what are you going to do if you're ever in a ditch and you can't pull yourself out? <gasps> you're in like a ditch." And oh I was like this. God, but it was right after ditch. 9-11. But exactly. it was like, but that stuck with me. Right. That even now, years later, I'm like, I've got to be able to at least pull my own weight, pull myself out okay. of something. So do, so
3: you don't feel alone being New Yorkers. Mm-hmm. Every time I see one of those horrific New York news stories where someone got pushed on the tracks, mm-hmm. all I do is look in my arms and I say, Charlie, get to the gym. Right. Because most of the time, those people could pull themselves yeah. out if, if they you had upper, upper body, body strength. strength. <laughs> and usually they don't. So you see in other innocent bystanders like, should we help them? Should we? Yeah.
6: It's real yeah. and all it i keep is. thinking
3: about is these spaghetti arms over here <laughs> right better, aren't going to yeah, save me exactly. from crazy
6: start doing some push-ups mm-hmm. because again mm-hmm. i mean it really is about understanding that your body really is the machine that's yeah. carrying you yeah. through this life mm-hmm. yeah. and we need to learn how to take care of it so that we're not dependent on drugs mm-hmm. if like you know i i if something goes wrong and i can't get my drug supply what's going to happen yeah mm-hmm you know and we all matter like god knows especially black women i mean Mm. we are the conscience the you know of what's happening in this country i mean if it was up to us trump wouldn't have been president no oh my god say it i mean we are we are pushing everything Um, when's the pod? do you have a podcast uh, you know it's so funny. I've been thinking about Please, that. You should. That's so funny. Please, that is so funny. I've been thinking about doing. Can we one. help you manifest? Yes. It? Yes.
3: Please. Manifest. We need this just to hear you talking about all of these women's health issues in such a relatable way, which is what you've been doing. Yeah. But to select the right guests exactly, and tell the right stories.
6: You know, and again, it's so funny. Yeah. I think about Snoop, and it's about women. But I think about I use Snoop Dogg as an example. Because Snoop is not young. I no. mean, you know no. what I right. mean? Right. He's, not, he's not 25. No. He's not 30. Mm-mm. Right. And we know Snoop smokes a lot of weed. Mm-hmm. Yep. But he looks really good. He does.
2: <laughs> and he His puts, hair is thriving. And,
6: okay. and he posts, fo- you know, photos on Instagram and stuff of him working out all the time. Mm-hmm. He is always working mm-hmm. out. I've seen him post photos of fruit that he's eating. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I really appreciate Snoop. Mm-hmm. Because on the sneak tip, he's telling you all... <laughs> Eat healthy. Take care of your body uh because that's what he's doing. Temple, you know, Uh, and and I respect that. And I think we all need to be. And I and I'm curious about everybody. Like, how do you really take care of yourself? So there's a there's a model. I'm not going to call her by her name because I don't want to. I really don't want to troll her. Mm -hmm. But I read in the paper, and I don't know if it's true. It was in the paper, so maybe she didn't say it. Mm -hmm. But I read in the paper that this model said that every night before she goes to bed, she eats a Velveeta cheese and ham sandwich with mayonnaise. Why? And then she goes to bed. Now, now she's not black. But why? I thought to myself, why, why would you put that out there? First of all, we know you don't do that. No. Right? I'm looking at you, and I know no, for a no. fact, yeah. right? you do not eat a velveta cheese and ham <laughs> and with mayonnaise. mayonnaise. Lord. And probably, I, maybe she said white bread. I don't know. Oh. So, But but that kind of thing, to me, we can't afford, at least in our community, we cannot afford people to talk that bullshit. Yeah. No. If you have a platform, and I'm saying that to all of you out here, mm-hmm. if you have a platform especially when it comes to black women's health. When you look at black women dying in childbirth at the rates that we're dying in childbirth, if you look at how our children are dying before their first birthday, mm-hmm. we need to be healthy. And it is, it is egregious, mm-hmm. in my opinion, mm-hmm. for you to be suggesting that we eat like that. Yeah we have a bigger responsibility Mm -hmm. those of us who can get on here together and have a conversation and reach a broader audience to try to inspire our community to do better and it's hard enough as it is out there it's hard. It really is. And it's I hard with we'll all the do resources. Through
3: storytelling, which is why I need this podcast, Tanya, Come on. What can we, we do? Exactly. Because I think I love that. it's you the guys story-telling, are inspiring, right? I know. I agree you have with to you. Do it.
6: And, and talking abilities. to different people about how they do it. Yeah. yeah. You know, Halle Berry has type has type 2 diabetes. Mm. How is she taking care? I mean, she looks amazing. She doesn't eat. But how does she do it? Yeah. How does but she how do, do it? it? What yeah. is she doing? And yeah. how do you and for black
3: women, I'm going to say it cuz I'm going to keep saying it, how do we manage the emotional stress and emotional trauma because all of those things are triggers exactly. which trigger the bad eating mm-hmm. trigger exactly. the drinking trigger the alcohol trigger the drugs trigger the you know stress True. triggers yeah. binge everything. eating All everything of it. so yeah. we gotta start with our minds and our mental health and our
6: hearts and figure out and our spiritual yes and I don't mean church yes. I mean no, yeah, just the center the, your yes. center you have to be good and your community right mm-hmm. Com- you know curating the people around you Yeah, weeding out those that don't really fit Yeah, mm-hmm. you know who are not encouraging and inspiring you
3: I have this thing of course see me do it whenever my desk is like a disaster or my house i'm like i gotta get right
6: because exactly oh my, god, oh my god that's the thing to reflect that is yeah. that yeah. is my chaos, my the, the key chaos. that uh, that's what i was telling you earlier yeah. mm-hmm. tidying up cleaning up yeah. the house yeah. makes it all better yeah you can't live in chaos yeah. and expect no. that your your life is going to be ordered
2: nope, nope it's not Oh my no. God. Thank you for ordering our lives in yes. yeah. the wrap up <laughs> sign. We can talk thing. to you forever, but we're going to be guests on your podcast. Exactly. Yes. I love that. Guests. I'm going to make that happen. You we are. can't
6: wait. I love it. Me either. Yeah. Thank you guys Ooh. so much. What a wonderful conversation. Oh, thank you. Thank so you. Much. Come back
3: anytime. Thank All you. right. Well, yes, girl, I will. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> love it. And we're stealing that shirt.
2: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see it on the right. gram. I know.
4: All right.
2: <laughs> thank you to our guests. Tanya Lewis-Lee, and Bishop T.D. Jakes. Be sure to listen, download, or subscribe to more episodes of Yes, yes Girl, Girl, featuring interviews with Jada Pinkett Smith, Amanda Seals, Ayala Van Zant, and Michael B. Jordan. You can find
3: Yes Girl on Apple Podcasts, spotify google play and wherever you listen to podcasts apple listeners yes that's you be sure to leave a review and let us know what you think we love reviews give us reviews more and more reviews thank you don't forget to talk to us on social at corey murray at charlie penn on instagram and at manwife dog on twitter be sure to use hashtag yes girl podcast love ya talk to you soon